Welcome to another episode of Bitches Love Sports. I'm Bitch Two. I'm Bitch One. And we are here on a lovely Wednesday evening. <laughs> As usual. Yeah, we don't actually have... We have a lot to say, but then again, it's not a lot. Yeah. Like, fewer topics, but more to say on each topic. So I mm-hmm. hope you enjoy this episode. They're, they're deep topics. They're thick. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> Um, so did you listen back to the episode with Hydra? I had to listen to it a couple times. I did too. I did too. It was a really fun episode to record and I don't know, I was fangirling most of the time, but, um, it was really, it was interesting to see her opinion and like, you know, her ideas and everything and like her experiences um, it was really nice. If you haven't listened to it, you definitely should go and give it a listen. Yeah, I really liked listening back because in the moment, I think I was so focused on just conducting the interview well. And you remember yeah. everything that happened that day. Like I was, right. oh, I was like, let's just make it through this yeah. interview. Everything that could happen, happened. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but when I was listening back, it was interesting for me just because for so such a long time, I've been very inspired by the stories of the women who founded Texas Roller Girls and who really got this board of flat track roller derby off the ground. Mm-hmm. And one thing that I thought was interesting was the fact that when she walked away, she really did walk away. Not like she didn't care. You know, we, we both seen her around. Right. But she wasn't keeping such a close eye on it that mm-hmm. she knew all the details about the structure of Texas and the structure of the WTDA. Yeah. And had like these really deep responses about what should be done differently. Mm-hmm. She just had her general hopes and wishes for the future of the sport. And I really appreciate that, mm-hmm. that she was able to let go of the reins and trust the future iterations of leadership to she carry on the, torch, the mission. literally. Exactly. And yeah. I respect the hell out of that. I also respect the fact that even though she wasn't like hovering over everything that happened, she still had some very insightful things to say about the current state of the sport. Yes. And so I think it I think it all just meant a lot to me because I think sometimes we really romanticize what happened during the founding of our sport. Mm-hmm. And it was good to have a reminder that things weren't executed perfectly. Right. And the people who founded the WFTDA and Texas Roller Girls didn't even expect it to be perfect. Yeah. <laughs> they were trying to get some things done at the time. Right. And they were like, we are going to set this up with these specific goals in mind. Right. People after us may do things differently and that's fine. We just want them to stick to these core values. Right. How they go about it, though, we'll leave that to them and what works best for them. It's like you were saying, uh, we recorded another episode uh, with a fellow roller derby player podcast. Um, shout out to you, D. Uh, My Derby Romance, if you want to go check it out on YouTube. Um, that you were saying, like, you can go from... You can, you can leave the torch, like you went from A to B and C, and then you leave the torch for the rest of the people to go to D, E, F, and follow through. Exactly. And, you know, one thing that I think I want people to take away from that, and we'll probably get into it later when we talk about the WNBA and some of the exciting headlines with the WNBA right now, mm-hmm. but 
every sport has to go through that. Oh, for sure. Some of the things that I think people think are problems with roller derby or problems with flat track roller derby aren't actually problems. They're part of the natural evolution of every sport that exists Mm -hmm. right now. But those sports were created a long time before flat track roller derby was created. Right. So we compare ourselves to where they are now and we don't realize they're like a century ahead of us. Literally. Yeah. The first football (laughs) games were played in the late 1800s even though the NFL wasn't formed until 1920. Uh Uh-huh. But, you know, same thing with the NBA. These sports were created and then they went decades Mm -hmm. before they started making money and had uh, agreements that benefited the players and, you know, took into account players' rights in certain ways. And so we haven't even been around two decades yet. Not yet. So there's a lot of growing pains that we have yet to experience. So should we learn from what those sports are doing right? Absolutely. But should we beat ourselves up because we're not where they are? No. No. (laughs) I don't think it becomes a mistake or it becomes wrong until we get to the point where we're not handling them properly. Until we get to the point where we see issues and we're not doing anything about it. Or we become content with where we are because I love this sport Mm -hmm. but there's a lot of room for improvement not to say that things are are bad or wrong but there are things that we can look at right now and say okay here's some things that we can improve right now let's work on that and it's when people don't do that that I have a problem yeah oh 100% 100% yes yes there was a lot of things that she said that I was like oh girl preach oh yeah I I can relate to whatever you went through at the time that we're still going through in a way, in, oh, in, yeah. in a more modern way, but still almost the same problems, just in a different year. Yeah, <laughs> when she was talking about the, the difficulty of leading a group of people when yes. there are so many conflicting opinions about which direction to go. Yes. Yeah, I could definitely understand that because that's something that still happens in derby. That's still something that happens in every other sport, but every other sport has figured out different ways of dealing with it, whereas flat track derby is still figuring out how do we deal with this? How do we organize ourselves amidst all these conflicting ideas about how to reach these goals or even the conflicting ideas about what the goal should be? Like, I don't know if you remember, I put that post up on Facebook not that long ago where I was talking about what should be done differently as Derby returns in order to attract fans and mm-hmm. make money. And there were people yes. in my comments who were basically saying that we shouldn't be worried about that in the first place. Yes. That we should just pay to play the sport for fun. And I yes. was like, wow, there are really people who just have, like, you know, not only do they not see my vision, but they disagree with it even whenever it's explained. And I'm yeah. like, how can we all operate under one governing body then? Is it when even possible? Some, right. Or do there need to be separate organizations for these people with separate goals and values? So just something to think about. That is one area where Derby could look at other sports and be like, okay, I like XYZ. Let's see how that fits within our sport and within our community. Right. Also, that whole idea about, oh, our rules are too complicated for us to get fans. That's yes. something else I hear a lot. And for anybody who believes that, I challenge you, because you can find them online, I challenge you to read the rule books for for NFL, mm-hmm. for the NBA, for yeah. MLS. <laughs> yes. The I NHL think the thing- too. Like the hockey, the hockey oh, has yeah. a fuck ton of rules, like a lot. I I still think the thing that makes those sports seem very simple is that there's an object like a puck or a ball and there's one side of the field and the other side of the field. Yes. We don't have a start and stop. We go in a circle and there's no ball and people look at it and they're confused. Yes. (laughs) But when it comes to things like um, being able to interpret penalties, 
Look at the penalties in the NFL rule book. Oh, like, sure. I'm learning them. <laughs> right. There are a lot of people who are fans of American football and who are fans of Major League Soccer who, mm-hmm. if you started asking them specific questions about penalties and about the rules, like, even when I watch soccer, like, I can't tell when people are offsides. Yeah. I know it's a thing. Yeah. But <laughs> I can't tough. tell. But that for is... a while, I didn't even know it was a thing. And even right. in football and even in basketball, there are people who are very big fans and they have favorite players and they buy jerseys and they buy merchandise and right. they go to the games but they wouldn't they wouldn't be able to tell you the rules and so i think if anything maybe it's our explanation of the game that could use work and how we present it and not so much changing the rules but just being like the same way in basketball when people describe how they play the game it's like oh well anytime the basket goes in the hoop you get two points behind the line it's three points yeah, we just it. need to be like <laughs> person with the star in the helmet when they pass people from the other team they, they get a point, point. Mm-hmm. and save all the stuff about star passing and and, <laughs> and lead jammer and lead jammer and pack definition yes. Yes. and <laughs> returning to the track Right. Leave all that yeah. for later after yeah. they're they're invested enough to care. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yes. <laughs> Until then, beginning fans just, just need to know what to cheer for. Yes. That's it. Dude, like sometimes I had to say this before. Like think of like I know Derby does not have a ball, but think about the jammer as the ball in a way because that's the one that's scoring the points. So. In, in in my I don't know if anybody else but in my brain that's how it works like, I say that to people new to new to Derby a lot yeah. I say the the jammer collects the points but it's the blocker's job to actually get the points right right exactly. if you if you have good blockers some some jammers out there they have to collect their own points and I feel for you <laughs> because they have blockers that's just only worried about not being a point for the other jammers like we gonna block this other person yes. good luck yes you're um, a girl bitch <laughs> there are indeed levels to this shit <laughs> oh yes one yes 100 i can't wait until we have like a, a televised derby game or something where we can like really dive into it for people who like other sports yes and just see like what actual sports fans think about flat track derby because i think another thing is that a lot of times skaters will bring their friends to bouts who are not actually sports fans yes it's tough and, and people who watch athletic competitions anyway will look at roller derby differently than somebody who's going to support their friend. Yes, <laughs> yes, I agree so much because I've, I've tried to get some friends and like even my family to not get really into derby, but like just watch some with me or like, you know, like come watch my games or whatever. And they've, my dad, yes, he's played sports all his life. That's, that's his stuff, but it's, very different for him whatever but showing it to my boyfriend like he was like pausing the game we were watching multiple derby games but pausing it like oh what happened why did she go to the box or why the ref called this or why like he was like so into it already because he's played sports forever he's into the coaching he's into the strategy of it like it's a very different perspective from a person that has not been into sports ever to a person that actually like or loves sports in general yes yes 
And on the organizational side, I would say to anybody who runs the league and you're trying to bounce back after kudos the hiatus. Kudos to you. <laughs> yes, kudos to you, one, because that is not an easy job it making decisions during this time. Yes. But also, I would highly recommend that you study the history of the major sports because as someone who has studied that history, flat track roller derby is definitely following the same timeline as other major sports. Yeah. And so you can kind of get ahead of some things if you look at some things that have become issues for other sports in the past like look at where football was 15 years in look at where basketball was 15 years in definitely look at where the WNBA was right 15 years in mm-hmm. because even that is different I was literally reading an article today about the difference between the WNBA in 2005 when when it was 15 years old no mm-hmm. 2005 it would have been 1920 mm-hmm. so the difference between the WNBA in 2005 and the WNBA now so even though that doesn't sound like a long time, so much can change from the inception to 15 years from the inception and from 15 years on. So I challenge you to like look into it. Look yeah. at where these sports were. Look at what they were trying to do yeah. as far as money. There was a time when the NFL was broke and losing fans. There was a time when the association that governed professional basketball before it was the NBA, because mm-hmm. there were two different ones, when it they were struggling to get fans and right. they were broke. It's hard to imagine now because now they, you know, have revenue of $9.2 billion a year. But there was a time when they were broke. And one of the organizations, the American Basketball Association, it folded and it even tried to come back. Even though the NBA was already making money, it was a different iteration of the sport and a different way of governing the sport than what the American Basketball Association was. So people associated with the ABA really tried to bring it back and it folded again. (laughs) And so just seeing how all that plays out can kind of help you get ahead of some things and be like, "Mm, I've read this story before. I have an idea of how this movie might end if we go that way. So let me see what happens if I go this way. Mm -hmm. Let me not just fall into that trap that I've literally read about other people falling into. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. Anyway, we'll leave that there for now so that we can get into (laughs) shout outs and call outs. I only have a couple um, because we have some stuff that we really want to talk about. But um, I just want to shout out Naomi Osaka, mostly to show my support for what she's dealing with right now. Um, I think she's taking a lot of criticism right now because she withdrew from the Indian Wells Open. And she's within her rights to do that. There's nothing that says she's legally bound to play tennis for the rest of her life. But I think what's happening is that some of the people who are critical of this decision see everything that she has gained from playing tennis and being a professional tennis player. And in their mind, she's giving all that up because of her mental health. And so some people are saying that, you know, she really needs to be mentally stronger. And that might not be the case. So quick rundown. Compared to the performance that we're used to seeing, she has been struggling ever since she withdrew from the French Open in May. Oh, for sure. And she came back to tennis, and part of me wonders, because of the way that she's kind of been talking in interviews and in post-game press conferences, if she would have come back if it were not for the Olympics. But 
she came back, you know, in the Olympics, she was eliminated in the first round and the US Open, she was defeated in the third round. And after that, she said she wasn't sure when she'd play another tennis match. And it looks like that was sincere with her withdrawing from the Indian Wells Open. And so since then, she has dropped out of the top 10 tennis rankings for the first time in three years. And a lot of people are presenting that story as though like, oh, Naomi is falling off. She's in a downward spiral. But when I was reading it, I thought about the the year that I took off from travel team mm -hmm. and how some people might have seen that as like, you know, a downward move. You know, Instead and of, of course, healing process or exactly. And at the time, I really just did it for financial reasons. But it turned out that I really did need that space. I did a lot of mindset work during that time, and I felt I felt like I came out of that year a much better teammate, a much better coach, trainer, athlete, a much better friend to a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Like looking back on the space I was in before that, I was like, damn, I really, I probably should have never tried out for travel team in the first place when I first moved to Austin. I probably shouldn't <laughs> have. I was not in the best place, but I didn't realize it until I stepped away and gave myself a little bit more space and time yeah. to take care of things that were going on in my life, you know? And I don't know Naomi Osaka personally, obviously, but Come I'm to just the show. <laughs> <laughs> we got the show invites back again. But um, yeah, I don't know her personally, but I guess I'm. I just don't think we need to automatically assume that she's in a bad place or that she's in a downward spiral. This could be a situation that she comes out of with more clarity, feeling better than ever, and so I just feel like. If she's in a place where she feels like she really needs to take that space and time for herself, I just, I totally support her in doing that. Oh, yes. And I hope it works out. I hope she gets the clarity that she needs, that she finds a path that she can really, um, just really be excited about as far yeah. as being excited about life. Right. I, I don't know. I feel like when you play at that level, well, at least for me, and I don't play at that level, but... I feel like like her like I need some motivation I need like I need to have a goal in mind for me to perform at my hundred percent and if 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 for whatever reason I lose that I'm just not gonna perform as well I'm not gonna have fun it's not gonna be as good period and and if she needs a year two ten however many she needs to find herself again if she never comes back and if she never comes back she has so many other options and like she's so talented in other fields like whatever she does she's gonna be great at it period but whatever you need to do if not just her in general to come back whatever like whatever it is you, you need to be doing just do whatever whatever it is I think about two things that she mentioned in that docu-series. One thing that she mentioned was that she plays her best when she feels like she has a purpose. Right. And maybe mm -hmm. right now she doesn't feel like she has it. Right. And another thing uh, was the conversation that she had with, I think it was her sister, where she mm -hmm. was questioning out loud what other people her age were doing with their lives. Yeah. At that time. That got and me. I'm like, maybe right now she's just, she just wishes she lived a, a different yes. lifestyle. Because she's training she's, that... What, 23, 24 now? I think 23. Yeah, she's, she's super young still. Yeah, but like training that much mm -hmm. is, is probably hard. I don't know like what kind of diet she's on and right. if that's hard. And she's mm -hmm. like, I just want to be able to go to the movies and eat right. nachos with my sister. Right. And I can't because I can't stay up late and I can't eat this kind of food. 
you know, I, I don't know what it is, but there are all kinds of things that could be weighing on her mentally that make oh, her wish sure. she could have a different experience right now. Oh, yeah. So, all those little things can make a big mountain for a lot of people. And yeah. it doesn't matter what it is to, like, how big your mountain is. It doesn't it doesn't necessarily mean it's bigger than hers or smaller or anything. Whatever she has, she's dealing with, it's, it's, it's on her and she'll have to take her time to heal and do whatever she needs to be doing. Yeah, so that's why I wanted to give her a shout out just to show support yes. and... We support you. <laughs> <laughs> and say that we look, I look, I st I'm still a fan and I look oh, for forward sure. to seeing what she does next. All right. Next person up under shout outs and call outs. Oh, I also just wanted to say that she has so much style. Like she looks so good everywhere she goes. Oh yeah. It's insane. That's it. That's yeah. All. Everything that she does fashion wise. <laughs> it's I insane. Love her, so. Yes. Yeah. Sorry to cut you off. I oh no, you're good. Too. <laughs> <laughs> so the next person up um, under shout outs and call outs. I don't know if it's a shout out or a call out. Uh, it's, it's Kyrie Irving. <laughs> I don't even know why I'm bringing this up because I don't I don't actually care to talk about it, but I was hearing about it all day, so I was like, I, I guess I'll mention it, but he doesn't want to get vaccinated. Mm -hmm. um, he plays for the Nets, and in New York, basically that puts him in a situation where he won't be able to play in any of the home games. Right. Um, and that puts him at risk of losing, I've heard numbers between $300,000 and $380,000 per game. Well, bro. And he says he needs to do more research and what we oh sorry i don't i don't know what his reasoning is i'm just saying i feel like if i knew i needed to do research considering the amount of research that is out there and the number uh -huh. of people who have taken the vaccine uh -huh. i you know i've even seen stories about people women who have taken the vaccine while pregnant Insane. and had healthy kids like yes. there's a lot of information out there and I feel like if I had three hundred thousand dollars per game on the line, <laughs> I would have no finished up that research real quick. Real quick, and, you know, <laughs> and made a decision. Yes, but this is the thing. I I understand uh, that you want to look up articles and want to read on something, and you want to see how other people react to it. But you will never, ever have like find or, or do as much research or have as much knowledge as an epidemiologist ever never or as a doctor you did not go to to med school you did not do any of that so how about you trust these people i just can't with this anti-vax people i'm sorry this just drives me fucking crazy like that's the only tool that we have to go back to a quote-unquote normal and people still don't want to fucking do it for whatever reason it is like I just, I, anyways. If you look back through American history, this is typical behavior. Oh yeah, hashtag the American way. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. It's just, it's just Ever like since this country was very young and dealing with the Spanish flu, people oh, politicized everything. Options, people didn't trust them, and so I, I understand not, not trusting the medical industry. I've. I get it. I've had terrible experiences oh, yes. with medical professionals that make me not trust them. Yeah, I, yes, yes. But ultimately, but I was able to find people who were able to help and give me the right, the right information. And part of that happened because of me reading and doing research and trusting the sources I was reading, as right. opposed to you know one individual who 
gave me a certain diagnosis. And then oh, once I sure. realized like, okay, that couldn't have been correct because I'm still dealing with X, Y, Z. Doing more reading, it eventually led me to the right answer. But right. I wasn't like, yeah, I'm reading all this stuff, but I don't trust any of it. <laughs> like, right, that, exactly, exactly. I don't know, man, like all these people are like, oh, there's been like zero uh, testing on this vaccine. It's FDA approved now. I mean. Well, it's not just that, it's been tested on tens of thousands of people more than any other vaccine before. This yeah. is not a new virus. And it's, that's the other thing, I'm like, we've all taken vaccines. Like anybody who grew up in America and went to everywhere, a major college- I have my vaccines you, too back in my country. Yeah. Like, I, Yeah, and I, maybe it works the same way there, but here with most colleges, you have to provide a vaccination. Yes, I actually, when I started college here, I had to get another vaccine and I was like, wait, you know what? I'm just not gonna go to college because they're making me put this thing in my body that I don't know what it is. But I'll do a line of coke after class. Bitch, what? Like, like no, it's, I mean, like, that's, I can't. That's the other thing, it's, it's like, there's, a risk with every, like literally every substance that you has put a in your body. Yes. somebody who took it and it didn't go well. Right. There are people who have gotten stomach ulcers from taking Tylenol. There are people who have ended up with life altering injuries from playing basketball. Right. <laughs> yes. Like, so, so I don't get it. And it's his choice. So that's fine. I'm not really criticizing him for not wanting to take the vaccine. It's like, if you ultimately oh, decide <laughs> You don't want to take the vaccine and it's worth you losing your job as a professional basketball player. That's all on you. I guess the thing that bothers me is because of his position and the platform that he has, right. simply by virtue of who he is, yes. mm -hmm. it's, he may not be intending to spread in misinformation, but it does have the ability to influence other people right. who are less intelligent With the than that he you have. Is. Yes. Yeah, and they might really think that there are things to question about this vaccine that don't actually need to be questioned. So I, I kind of just wish he would say like, hey, here's why I'm not taking it. And just let that be that instead of acting like there are so many questions about the vaccine. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. whatever questions you have. The you know, answers are out there, bro. It pretty much been answered. Whatever answers you don't have, the only answers that are left to be found are things like, you know, does this have any effect on people in, in five years? Like how often do you need to get boosters? Things like that. You know, what happens in 10 years, 20 years? And the same thing happens, like I said, with any other type of medicine, you know? Yeah, but there's a lot of people taking the flu shot every year and you still, like this is the thing. All sorts of drugs. Yes, you know? and it, if something happens to you and you go to the doctor and they put an IV on you, you ain't gonna ask what is in the fucking IV. You're just gonna take it. So I don't understand what the issue is. Like, I don't know what's in it. They're gonna put a chip in me. A chip, really? Come on now, they have your face and your, they have, everything, any information they need from you, the government has it. <laughs> they don't need to put a chip on you, and much less, you, uh, anyways, I'm not gonna listen. I'm just gonna leave it there. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not buying the chip thing. I just, I just really wish he would just say what it is, and just, you know. Yes, 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 I agree, I'm sorry. But you know what, now that I think about it, I think more than that, I kinda wish people would stop making a big deal about it, so maybe we should just move on. Yes, let's, <laughs> let's move on, because this shit like really drives me fucking crazy. Um, moving on mm. to Ben Simmons, because some people are comparing the two situations. I actually think they're a little bit different um, because Ben Simmons is talking about like a rift between him and the team that he's on. Um, but the reason why Ben Simmons comes up is because 
one of the teams that people are saying uh, should make an offer for Ben Simmons is the San Antonio Spurs. Um, and you're in our backyard. So just, just throwing that out there, I don't really know what to say about that because the Spurs team has changed so much mm-hmm. since the last time we saw them. Yep. It's hard to say who would be a good fit and who wouldn't. But shout out to the San Antonio Spurs yes. for their win over the Utah Jazz in the preseason matchup. They won 111 to 85. Now, don't get me wrong. I know this wasn't the same Utah Jazz that a person might see in the regular season. Because, like, Donovan Mitchell only played for 22 minutes. There were, like, four main rotation players who didn't play at all, including Rudy Gobert. Yeah. Uh, Mike Connolly only played, like, 16 minutes. So yeah. it's like, you know, they, they either minimized or eliminated the play from all their all-stars. So not quite the same. You can interpret that information how you will. But... It does feel good to hear some optimism about the Spurs roster for the first time in a long time. Yes. Because pretty much after, like, the moves they made during the offseason had a lot of people, even even fans, people have been fans for a while, had a lot of people just kind of talking bad about the Spurs, you know? Yeah. So, for anybody who needs uh, to catch up with that, the Spurs took criticism after they missed the trade deadline and ended up agreeing to a contract buyout with LaMarcus Aldridge. And I'm not sure what happened there. There are some sources that say they quote unquote couldn't trade Marcus Aldridge, <laughs> but I have a hard time believing that that's the case for a 6'11 power forward who was a second overall draft pick and went on to be a seven time NBA all-star and is now with the Brooklyn Nets. <laughs> Well. Taking all that into consideration <laughs> and considering that they essentially let all of that go and got nothing in return, I have a hard time believing that they just couldn't trade him. Yeah. I'm inclined to believe that somebody dropped the ball there. But it is what it is. That's just an opinion. <laughs> right. And then when they traded uh, DeRozan, you know, that was another thing that people were yeah. critical of. But, um, I'm hearing good things specifically about... I'm uh, sad that Patty is not with us anymore. Yeah, sad about that, too. He's also... He's, in, he's with the Nets now, too. Is, yeah, he so, is. Yeah. That's what I was like, no! <laughs> he was one of my favorites last So, season. yeah, the, the Spurs fans... He's been with the Spurs for a long time, too. Mm-hmm. I don't know what happened there, either, but Spurs fans, they they had some things to say during the yes. offseason. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm, I'm hearing good things about... Keldon Johnson, DeJounte Murray, and Joshua Primo. That's not mm-hmm. to say that, you know, Spurs are going to just come out the gate and just, yeah. you know, no, Murray's winning season, going to the playoffs. I don't know what's going to happen. But they did well in the game against the Jazz. Um, so with, with Keldon Johnson, um, in the annual survey of the NBA general managers, Keldon Johnson was voted most likely to have a breakout year this year. And if you look at the trajectory of his career, it's kind of like, okay, if you know how to follow a trend, like, yeah, it makes sense <laughs> to predict, predict something like that. So listen to this. So in 2018, he was a McDonald's All-American. Do you know what that is? Mm-hmm. So it's basically one of the top American high school All-American teams. So in oh. 2018, he okay. was mentioned as one of the best high school players in the country, okay. basically. Then he went to Kentucky, which is one of the best colleges for basketball in the country. Uh-huh. Then in 2019, he was voted SEC Freshman of the Year. 
Also in 2019, he was was drafted 29th overall by the Spurs. He ended up playing for the Austin Spurs, the G League team, in October, made his NBA debut in November, and then by 2020, he trained with the USA Select team, and in 2021, he was named to the Olympics roster with the national team. So, Lord, that's from 2018 to 2021, yes. he went from best high school player in the country to the gold U- medal. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so people who are like, yeah, I think he might have a good year this year. You yeah, think? yeah. Yeah, I'm like, looking at this line, like, just going up, yeah. we're like, yeah, you, you might be right. Yeah. There, might be, there might be a basis for that argument, you know? Um, people <laughs> so just have no sense. This is just have no sense. Of course, <laughs> yeah, duh. of course. I, I would say they have all the sense. Like that's, <laughs> right. that's a gimme right there. Well, I see that on the survey. I'm like, true. oh yeah, that guy. <laughs> um, and then you have Joshua Primo. Now his his draft was considered controversial, but I don't really think it was so much controversy as the Spurs fans were just pissed by that time. <laughs> Once they looked wow. at the players that we lost and they were like, we've never even heard of this guy because he's Canadian. So a lot of the people who were following like high school and college basketball were like, who the hell is this guy? Yeah. <laughs> you gave up these big names and now we get this guy? Who the fuck is he? <laughs> so no controversy. Um, just Spurs fans were not in the mood to embrace a, a new name. But <laughs> supposedly he performed well during the NBA Combine and the decision makers for the Spurs were impressed. Mm-hmm. And by the end of the, the preseason game, apparently fans were too. So I didn't get to see this game. It wasn't available. I don't think it was televised at all, but it definitely wasn't available on anything I have access to. So no, I don't no. know. We'll figure that out with the preseason everything, games. So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have NBA League Pass right now because with YouTube TV to add it on, it's like 40 bucks a month. And I'm just like, yeah, I'll just yeah. wait till regular season. Yeah. Well, yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, so... In that game, he played 18 minutes. In those 18 minutes, he got 17 points on seven of eight shooting. He was uh, three of four from three-point range. Uh, so he got 17 points, one block, and one assist. That's a lot for 18 a, minutes. Yes. So apparently by the end of the game, the fans were chanting his name, and even players from the opposing team walked up to him after the game to compliment him. Aww. So he made quite an impression. Yes. It sounds like the Spurs, Spurs fans. Shit are getting behind him so that's exciting i'm i'm excited to see what he does you know he only got 18 minutes in the preseason game but if he keeps performing like this maybe we'll see him during the regular season oh i'm hoping so and see what he can really do yes i'm I'm hoping we're gonna get to see him too so i really do i don't know what to predict for the spurs (laughs) um but i'm interested enough to to watch yeah oh yeah me too me too i'm 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 I guess because we're in Texas, my boyfriend is from San Antonio and he's seen as Spurs, so I, I just, I, I mean, I watch basketball, period, but I do like the Spurs and I feel like they are like rebuilding. Oh yeah. So it's gonna take more than one, two, three seasons to... <laughs> three, one, two. <laughs> you know, it's gonna take a minute to to get adjusted and like have the same people play together for more than a few months or however long. Cause that that bonding and that gelling with your teammates doesn't happen really overnight. 
on yeah. the court. So, but I'm very excited. I'm very excited to to see what they what they do this season. Yeah, and that's why I can understand the Spurs not bringing some established All Star onto the team because. You know, right. Keldon Johnson, it's technically his third season, mm -hmm. but, you know, he's still pretty young. Right. And Joshua Primo is brand new and he's 18. Yeah. We don't know what kind of chemistry this team is going to build. Exactly. So it's like, who do you bring on? Exactly. And especially if you're considering somebody like Ben Simmons, who is coming out of a situation where he just felt unappreciated or felt like it wasn't a good fit or whatever. Right. It's like, unless you know for sure that like, yeah, we have a place for you and we want you to be here for a while and, and we value we value you and want you to be a star, it doesn't make sense because then you're going to end up in the same situation right, exactly. that the 76ers are in right now. Right. Like, you why know? would you leave one thing to come back to the same thing that you're, you're right. running from? You know? So so I get it. I say let them rebuild and yes. let them find people to, you know, kind of fit around this young crew instead of bringing in an established person that might just, you know, try to guide them in a certain direction that might not be the best for them, you know? Right. I agree. So... But, you know, I'm also patient. Some of these fans, they just be... We're gonna win, man. We haven't won in so long. We're gonna to win, win right now. <laughs> well, like, but yeah, but it doesn't, doesn't just happen like that, man. It just really doesn't. I mean, I don't know. They want the playoffs right now. Right, right, right. I mean, I really hope they do. Don't get me wrong. I really hope they win every game and they go to playoffs and whatever. I do. Oh, that would be awesome. That would be great. That would be amazing. And we would go to a playoff game and sit here in our backyard. But I'm yeah. not gonna show up with picket signs if they don't. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, just give them time. They just—they really just started hanging out, literally. So just give them a few. Yeah, give them, out. <laughs> you know, just give them some time. Get used to each other. Get to know each other on and off court. That—that that means. I mean, to me, I mean, at least to me personally, like I like to know my teammates off the track too, because that brings a different bonding that you can bring that on the track later. It makes a difference. It does. On to the NFL. The Saints. Woohoo! Oh. No. <laughs> wow. <laughs> my bad. I was in the bed. Woohoo! But then you said Saints. I'm like, oh shit. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to woohoo in a minute. Because I'm not going to spend a long time on the Saints for two reasons. One, I didn't. I got to watch the game, but I didn't have a lot of time, so I kind of had to fast forward through it. So I didn't get to like really look the way that I usually like to look. And a box score can only tell you so much. Yeah. Um, but what I did see was that they lost in overtime. Yes, it was to the Giants, who were like, what's the opposite of undefeated? They were completely defeated. <laughs> Completely <laughs> really defeated before that, so it's defeated a, forever. <laughs> right, it's a bad look, but I, I still, from what I did see, I still feel like they just are still having the same issues with Jameis and his decision making. Mm -hmm. I don't know what happened with the defense. I would have to look at it more in depth, and I quite frankly just didn't have time. The other reason I'm not spending a long time on this is because when the Saints lose, I use this song, this one particular song, as a background music, and I hate that song. <laughs> so I'm just gonna move on. <laughs> when they win, I play Do What You Want in the background, but I feel like when they lose, it's not the best song for them. So I'm just like, I'm gonna move on so we don't have to play that song for very long. I need to find a new song that's at least tolerable. That song is trash but <laughs> I was hoping not to have to use it a lot jeez <laughs> let's let's hope cross our fingers is the last time we use it let's, that would be nice see yeah, yes. that would be nice let's speak it into existence <laughs> it's not like we have any power on it but you know <laughs> we can still have faith in it 
But moving on to what some people are saying is one of the best teams, or maybe the best team in the NFC right now, oh. our, our Dallas Cowboys. Hey, like, woo. I, I know we were excited about what they would do this season, but I feel they're like they're exceeding expectations. Yes, yeah. oh, for sure, for sure. I don't want to say the saying yet because it's only four games in, <laughs> but we will maybe hopefully later on. But they're cr- they crushed it. Are you it was into one of those Cowboys fans. No, I'm not. <laughs> listen, I was literally listen. If y'all remember when the season started, bitch too said that I I'm I have not been really been into football, into American football. I had never to be super honest with you. The very first game in full that I watched was the season opener for this season. That was the first full game that I ever watched. Okay. So. That in mind, I'm, I've been a sports fan for a long time. From like being from Europe, I watched soccer since I was a little kid. I play soccer, indoor soccer, whatever. And I swore to myself that I was not gonna be one of those fans again, because that is it can become unhealthy. Yet <laughs> here I was. Sunday at noon, by myself, because my boyfriend was going working, with my Zeke jersey on, watching the game by myself, screaming at the TV like I used to do when I was now a soccer fan. you're making like my whole lifestyle is unhealthy. No. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, when you follow one team like that, like, you can't, it can't become unhealthy when you, like, let's be honest, y'all. I am a Cowboys fan, but there are some Cowboys fan out there that y'all, y'all something else let me tell you i love the cowboys but damn y'all need to chill sometimes anywho i just swore to myself i was not gonna be that kind of fan and i'm sort of becoming I feel like between all the sports I watch, I'm that kind of fan for like five teams. And I'm questioning my own choices. I'm like, is there, is there something wrong? Uh, no, I just, it, it, I, I literally took a hiatus from sports for a few years, and and now I'm, I'm back on it the way I was. Okay. Yes, I understand. I, I've been there. I'm, I'm getting there again so <laughs> well, you almost said the words but you didn't say it i'm not gonna so say it's okay it. yes but i feel like the fact that you thought it is is a sign that you're becoming contaminated like you live with a cowboys fan and so maybe it's like a contagious thing yes i mean i maybe guess I just say six feet i'm gonna scoot over no! <laughs> i'm gonna start wearing my mask i'm gonna start wearing my saints mask <laughs> what a bitch <laughs> I'm not gonna say it. I'm not gonna say okay, it. I'm okay. not gonna say it. We're not allowed to say it un- until at least halfway through the season. Oh, over halfway through the season. I need. Some I said proof. at least. Yes. At least. I need a hard proof for okay. me to be able to say that on the podcast. <laughs> 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 on, on record. You know what we do have hard proof of though. Yeah. That Trevon Diggs is a motherfucking mm. shit. <laughs> Diggs, my man. Bro, you're crushing it. You're killing it. I love it. Every second of it. I love it. So, Diggs got uh, defensive. Was it defensive player of the month or player of the month for I think it was September? Defensive. I think it was defensive player of the month. I forget. He won an accolade in September for being the best at something for the whole month, which he completely <laughs> deserved. And now oh, he got he sure did. Defensive Player of the Week. 
for his oh. performance this past Sunday. Yes. So he crushed it. He crushing it. it. Doing great. And it's one of those things where, you know, we'll see how it goes in the future. But I'm just excited for how he's playing now. Like, there are people who are predicting that he's going to have 20 interceptions by the end of the season. How okay, can you even predict that? Because it's week four and he's got five, and so they're just multiplying. It's just math. We don't know. But one thing that we've also seen, though, is that once a player gets hot, teams oh. start responding differently to that player. So for we don't sure. know what those numbers are going to look like moving forward. Yeah. I will be very impressed if he can keep it up. Oh, for sure. Me too. Because I just, I anticipate that, you know, teams are going to start trying to adjust to that. He's going to be right. one of those people that like, you know, they're afraid, they're going to be afraid for the ball to go in his direction. So yeah. <laughs> we'll see how they adjust and then, you know, but even with that being the case, you still have so many other solid defensive players on the field. Micah! <laughs> I don't see that stopping the Cowboys' defense altogether, but you know it could change what he does on the field, so we'll see. Yeah. But regardless, and, and here's the thing about me and the way that I look at players, it's like, if teams have to adjust because you performed so well in previous games, to me, that's still you making an impact. Does it show up on the stat sheet? No. But to me, that still says it's kind of like when Pollard first started getting hot. Yes. And if you were watching the game, which I guess a lot of people weren't because people were like, Zeke is trash now. Fuck y'all. Yes! <laughs> but if you were watching the game, you could tell that those defenses were distracted by the threat of Ezekiel Elliott. Exactly. And so Pollard didn't Preach. have as much resistance. And, you know, the same thing can happen with the defense as far as what plays teams right. decide to run and mm -hmm. which direction they decide to try to pass the ball or what have you. So it'll be interesting to see how teams prepare for and respond to the Cowboys moving forward because not only are they doing a lot of shit on the defensive side, but it's just their offense is... It's so efficient, it's yes. almost a bad thing, but we'll get to that in a second. <laughs> but I know you had some stuff that you wanted to mention about Trevon. I mean, he he did great. I I love watching him play. And, and, and I've said this before, when I see a player out there that it's not just that you're doing your best, but you're having fun doing it, like you're enjoying yourself and you're like, you know, being a team player and, and, and like just, enjoying yourself out there on the field, on the track, whatever you do, whatever sport, but it's just so much more fun to watch and it's just so much better. And, and I don't know, he's just so cute. And like after watching him at knockouts, a uh, hard knocks with, with, with his kid and everything, like, you know, putting it all together is just so cute. And I don't know, I was a little upset when they took him out on the third quarter. Third, what? fourth quarter. Well, after the second interception, I guess he got hit or something. I mean, it's football. Who doesn't get hit? But um, they were a little worried that he got hit. But he was like, they were showing him on the bench and he was, he looked fine. I don't know. I wasn't there. I didn't talk to him. So I don't know. But he was smiling. He was walking fine, he was like talking normal, like he wasn't, you know, whatever happened. But it had a big impact on the defense on the field when he wasn't on it. 
and we got almost two touchdowns. Though the Panthers got like. You think that's why they scored those two touchdowns? I don't know, the, but it's it's very it's a coincidence in my opinion to see that that they got him out, and then if it sort of felt like the defense lost it a little bit. I don't know if it's like the energy that Traven was bringing on the field at that time that it was missing because he was on the bench. I don't know. It was a little weird. I was a little scared at that time. I didn't know why, but um, kudos to you, man. I'm I'm rooting for you. You're doing great, and you're crushing it. Keep doing it. Yeah, I'm excited to see what happens this Sunday. Who do they play this Sunday? Yeah, they play the Giants this the Sunday. Giants. So this Sunday they play the team that the Saints lost to this past Sunday. So. Hopefully, my Cowboys will avenge my Saints. Not that it actually matters. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the Cowboys play the Saints on December 3rd. That should be a fun day. We might have to go to the bar or something for that one. Oh, yeah, for sure. We're going to have a good time with that one. I just got to decide which shirt to wear because I got my Alvin Kamara jersey and I'm wearing my CD Lamb shirt right now. Like, which one do I wear? It it might depend on how they're both performing at that time. Okay, that's Because I I will always love Alvin Kamara, but if the Saints are trash this season, I'm not going out to an Austin bar in a Saints jersey to watch the Saints play the Cowboys. I'm just not going to do it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. um, I saw her coming up here because we're recording at my house today and and I saw she was wearing the CD jersey and I'm like, oh shit, are we like videoing today? Do I have to put my Zeke jersey on? No, I'm just, I'm just wearing my jersey to, to wear it. Show to... support, CD! Exactly. Which I feel like he really needs it right now. Yes. Because, yes. Okay, so do you remember back when I like had my fan break up with Devin Booker? Yes. And then I decided like to forgive him? <laughs> <laughs> you are forgiven, okay? Booker, dear Booker, you are forgiven. <laughs> but it was because I gone on Twitter and I saw what people were like saying about him and it was like, it was just the most inaccurate shit ever. Uh-huh. And I was like, man, I'm being a really bad fan by jumping shit because he had like several not so great games like what the hell you know because I'm like these people out here just they're assholes they really are and a lot of these people who call themselves CD Lamb fans they're not actual fans all they care about is their damn fantasy teams yes and they don't I won't say they don't care how the actual team is doing but I feel like if they were actually paying attention to what's happening they wouldn't be so hard Mm. like okay if you feel the need to make adjustments to your fantasy team do that but you don't need to be out here talking trash about cd like he's falling off or something like the last game he was only targeted five times right one of those times was pass interference i don't remember what happened the other times but he had two receptions Uh uh-huh and so i'm just saying it's like if a person is only targeted five times, you know, then game. yeah, then I'll what start can receiver? <laughs> right, then what can you really expect as far as you know their total receptions? Right, because it's very rare that a receiver catches a hundred percent of their targeted passes. Right. So if you look at the stats as far as when he's targeted in weeks one and two combined, he was targeted twenty-four times. Mm-hmm. In weeks three and four, he was targeted eight times, and. That is not a sign that a player has fallen off. That might just be due to the particular strategy that is being used for a particular opponent that mm-hmm. week. I, I like to think of it as like 
if you have a toolbox, right? Right. And it's great to have a toolbox that's full of tools, which is what Dak Prescott absolutely has. Right? <laughs> yes. Running game, passing game, yes. whatever you want to do, yes. he's got tools to execute. Mm -hmm. But you're still only going to work on one project at a time. Right. Like just because you happen to have two weeks in a row where you need your hammer, that doesn't mean all of a sudden you don't need the wrench or the wrench is broken and you should just right. throw that shit out. It's like, look, I didn't I didn't use the wrench on this project. We got another project next week. You yes. know, the only reason I even care what people are saying is because when people start writing articles about how, you know, C.D. Lamb isn't performing how we thought he would, like he, he can't pass the ball to himself, people. <laughs> but when they're Keep like, that in mind. <laughs> when they're like, he's not performing how we thought he would. And when you see a lot of articles about like, oh, go ahead and, you know, trade C.D. Lamb completely off your fantasy team. That can affect the way that a player is perceived as a whole, right. and that can affect things like sponsorships and endorsements right. and other opportunities. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, even if, like, let's say he doesn't stay with the Cowboys forever, things like popularity can impact who wants you, 100%. you know? And so I guess that's why I don't like people portraying it as though he's fallen off or his skill level is lower. I'm like, it's two weeks in a row where he wasn't targeted a lot, y'all. Right. Like, chill out. Let's see what happens. Right. And, <laughs> and shout out to all the CD fans who are still being supportive and who are yes. still fans and who are not out there talking shit just because yeah. he didn't catch umpteen million passes. Like, <laughs> we still love you, CD. We still love you. Bitches love CD Lane. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which hopefully will one day be the title of our episode where we finally get to interview CD. Yes! Ooh! So the CD, come on over! We'll go to you. Like, you don't have to. Oh, that's true! Yeah, boy, you come on the podcast, but we will bring the stuff to you so we can interview you. Yeah. We'll rent a studio a whole night. We'll make it happen. Um, I like how we're, like, making a formal proposal. <laughs> if y'all could see us right now. Oh, we're so silly. Um, <laughs> somebody asked me, they were like, Do y'all are y'all ever concerned that you won't be taken seriously? And I'm just like, look, there are a bunch of <laughs> There are so many sports commentators and pundits who all sound the same. This is just who we are. Like you will you'll never see me all buttoned up and being all formal and No This is how I like to talk about sports, y'all. I have yes. crushes on my favorite players. I, That's it. I personify the player, not personify, but like, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I like to have fun with the idea of the player fan relationship. It's all, it's, it's all entertainment. It what is. What the fuck is this? I don't know. It's but all entertainment. It is, but it's fun. Like, I don't know, like even, even like listening or like watching sports on TV or whatever, you don't get this kind of commentary. Like. Right. It would be, it would be a lot more fun. Though. Yes. <laughs> you a lot more people would watch other sports if there was this kind of commentary on it but yes, yes this is why our show is called bitches love sports yes. because this is how bitches talk about sports yes <laughs> if not it would have a completely different name on the podcast it would not mean bitches love sports all right yeah but i like, mean these beautiful women love sports <laughs> 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 but yeah shout out to cd and you know, we'll see what happens in future games because the same way that people kind of had to adjust to the threat of Pollard and now, you know, Zeke has, 
you know, been getting more carries. Yeah, you know, what people- did you have to say about Zeke now, huh? <laughs> Sorry, my bad. Wow. No, no, it's fine. <laughs> totally warranted because people were talking talking shit about Zeke for a while too. Uh-huh. As though like he wasn't out there pass blocking uh-huh. and being a distraction for Pollard and all kinds of other shit. I'm just like, okay, just because it doesn't show up on the stat sheet doesn't mean he's not doing shit. Like, mm-hmm. let's not act like we forgot who the fuck Zeke is. But I'm glad he took the time to remind everyone yes. because I love watching it. Yes. But yes. Yeah, so that happened. So maybe now. Now that teams are going to be really looking for our run game, maybe that'll open up some opportunities for some more, you know, pass plays. Like, we'll we'll see what happens. But, you know, CD's still very early in his career. Oh, for sure. There's a lot of time for a lot of good to happen. But at the same time, I do understand how the things that happen early in a player's career can affect the trajectory as a whole. Oh, yes. No, I'm not worried, but yes, I would like to see him produce more soon. Plus, I just like watching CD Lamb highlights. Um, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even think they interviewed him after the game, like this past game. It's like shit mm-hmm. like that that makes me mad. I'm like, okay, he didn't catch a lot of passes, but can we still get an interview, please? Can we like- <laughs> Can, can I get some CD Lamb videos? I I'm like, y'all aren't even trying. There are some of us who love him regardless of how many times he touches the ball, okay? Yeah. So. Do it for us, Devin. So, yeah, Cowboys, PR, media team, like, just, just keep get that Get CD on camera, okay? Right. Get just, that mind just, there. Just one or two things. I'm not asking for much. <laughs> like, you don't even have to ask him about the game. Like, no, yeah. just ask him what, uh, yeah, what is mean. it, Cook? What is his name? <laughs> Chef, what is his name? Chef Hoppy? Yes! (laughs) What did you make for him the night before or something? That would be so much fun. Chef Hoppy and CD Lamb video. (laughs) I I would I would watch it. Like you can ask CD, like ask him if he watched Squid Game. That's what I if I were interviewing CD Lamb. I would ask him if he's seen Squid Game out of curiosity. I would ask him if he watches anime because he seems like the type and I would ask him what his favorite is. I hope he watches Jujutsu Kaisen because (laughs) then we can talk about it. Or Black Clover or My Hero Academia. (laughs) Okay, I'm done. I'm done. (laughs) This is going to be a quick episode. (laughs) Oh yeah, we were like, oh, you know what? We're not going to have any guests today. We're just going to do an easy one. And here we are recording for two hours. Oh, God. I well. need to grow a filter. Um, Do you though? Yeah, the jury's still out on that. <laughs> All right. So moving on to the WNBA. Let's do it. Last week when we recorded and we were talking about the WNBA playoffs, I remember saying that my my head was telling me that the Mercury was going to lose their series to the Aces and then that ultimately the Connecticut Sun would win it all. And I cannot remember the last time I've been so excited about being fucking wrong. Because, <laughs> I mean, those things technically still could happen. But yeah. since then, the Sky and the Mercury have both won two games. Uh-huh. So now tonight, they're both in positions to go ahead and go to the championship, which would be awesome. Yeah. But I love both of those teams and I won't know who to cheer for. Well, I kind of have an idea of who I'm going to cheer for. But it's going to be tough. I have very clear clear idea. And it's not the same team that I'm going to root for because my boo plays on the other team. So. 
it's, it's gonna be fun to watch regardless. That's For gonna, sure. That's gonna be a good. But I do hope it's gonna be this guy and the Mercury. For it would, sure, it would just be so much fun to watch, especially yes. the way the Mercury are playing right now. The Mercury lost that first game to the Aces, but then in games two and three. It's like they came out with a with a vengeance. Yeah, it's like them being kicked out of their home court pissed them off so bad. Yeah, and they took it out on the aces because yeah. they were like, not only are we gonna beat you, <laughs> it's gonna be like a sound beating. There's yes. not gonna be a question if, yes. if a certain call or a certain play could have made the difference. It's like no, people will leave without a doubt that we yes. were the better team tonight. <laughs> so yeah, that last game was a blowout. And, and was... you can even see it in like little things like like how. I talked about Sophie Cunningham and how like uh, the cameras yeah. on to her and she was like fuck it <laughs> like, <laughs> like just you know just doing her thing. there was um another time where I, it was Skylar Diggins Smith and the camera cut to her it was at the end of the game it was like literally at, right after the game ended and the camera cut to her and I was reading her lips and she was like I don't know what the fuck they thought this was <laughs> and like they were just bringing a whole different attitude to the game and I love it I love uh, it yes. I love it yes yeah. But we got to talk about Diana Taurasi. Mm -hmm. So for anybody who's not watching, Diana Taurasi right now is, I would say in the process of healing, but I don't know if it's possible to heal with as many minutes as she's playing and the work yeah. that she's putting in on the court. Right. But she's dealing with a high ankle sprain. Basically mm -hmm. her tendon and ligament are pulling away from the bone. Ah. And she is still killing it. She went lights out in game two, yeah. 37 points. <laughs> 37 points. Started the game, um, in game three, she started the game with two three-pointers. So like basically yeah. picking up Sitting where she left it. off in game Sitting two. The town. Uh -huh. And the Mercury went on an 11-0 run to start the game. And I was like, oh shit, <laughs> we're doing this again. Uh -huh. You know, because you normally don't see them play that aggressively two games in a row. You, yeah. you normally don't see them play that aggressively for a whole game. It's mm -hmm. usually like a couple of possessions and they kind of calm down. Um, no, but this no. one, they, on were, they were turned up the whole time. There was even one play where Brittany Griner threw plum to the ground with two hands. <laughs> Not, okay, I shouldn't say it like that. She didn't like pick her up and throw her. What happened was- Well, what happened was. <laughs> Brittany was playing defense and Plum went up for a shot and she was like kind of falling, but the position Brittany was in, it kind of looked like instead of like, I'm gonna catch you, it was like, I'm gonna help you fall. <laughs> and then she went over and helped her back up and I was just like, <laughs> it was almost like she was like, yeah, I did the most just now. Here, let me, <laughs> let, let me help, help you. you. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, even like Sophie Cunningham is out with a calf strain, so she might not be in game four like she left during game three so we'll see what impact that has on game four but it it's just been really fun to watch and they've if they keep up that intensity tonight they're definitely going oh, to the finals sure. like for it's sure. it's a done deal for and sure. and i think they will I'm because good. like one they have this momentum so they can see that that strategy of being more aggressive is working I know for a while it seemed like there was a fear with Brittany Griner um, of like if she were to play more aggressively that you know she might get fouls because there have been a lot of times where she does play aggressively and gets fouls called on her. But she's so been playing in a slightly different way. She's been used in a slightly different way that's allowed her to kind of turn up a little bit and you know not foul out or not even get a, a ton of calls. Mm -hmm. So. I really like seeing the way that the Mercury has adjusted on the offensive side to really find the strengths of all their players and just use them as much as possible and right. to get these solid, solid wins. I right. love watching it. Mm -hmm. 
So yeah, I'm hoping they'll bring some extra energy tonight considering that they're gonna be back at their home court, which that whole situation was really crazy because on one hand, when I first heard that they weren't at their home court for game three and that they had to move to another arena, I was like, well, if the Footprint Center had planned to host Disney on Ice, that's probably a very expensive contract to cancel, you know? Right. Mm -hmm. And I was just thinking about it from that perspective, but then Brittany Griner made a really good point. On thenexthoops.com, they have a quote from Griner where she said, yeah, it's very fucking frustrating, honestly. Why can we not play in our own arena? Did we think that we weren't going to make the playoffs? Why is that concert more important than the Phoenix Mercury playing on our home court in our arena? You know, that's sad. And yes. it is sad because it, it does kind of suggest, it suggests one of two things. Either that the Footprint Center didn't even take the time to look at when the WNBA playoffs were happening, or they really didn't expect the Mercury to be in the WNBA that's, playoffs. That's, yes, Either way, it, it, it shows a lack of consideration <laughs> and a lack of respect. It kind of shows that you don't value oh, for sure. the home team. It's disrespectful as fuck. Like, it, it's, it's shit like that that makes owners move their teams. You know, And I don't know what the logistics of that are in the WNBA, but I know San Antonio lost a WNBA team. Right. Know? So <laughs> I'm just and saying, like, so it's a thing that too. happened. Mm -hmm. They're actually going to be able to host game four at their arena, thanks in part to Chris Paul. And I yes. know it was the San Antonio Spurs as a whole, but I'm saying Chris Paul because he's really been a very vocal supporter of the WNBA, a vocal and present supporter. So yes. that's why I, just, I feel like he had a lot to do with this, because even for game three, he purchased 500 tickets to that game to give away to the community just Aww. to make sure people were in the building. Yeah. And then him and a bunch of other players from the... Man, he could have sent us a couple. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> Apparently there was a line at 6 a.m. to get those tickets. So, wow. like, I, I don't know what our odds would have been if we decided to fly to Phoenix and try to get those tickets. Honestly, I probably would have just bought the tickets if I flew all the way oh, to Phoenix. Oh, one, yes. But, yes. yeah, the fact that he purchased 500 tickets just to make sure that there were people who were in the building. And then on top of that, That's him so and some other members of the Phoenix Suns actually uh, changed their, uh, they rescheduled their charter so that they could go to the game right after practice and actually uh, support the women during the second half. So I know there might've been other players there, but on camera, they got Chris Paul, Devin Booker, and they said it was Mikhail Bridges, but it definitely wasn't Mikhail Bridges. <laughs> um, <laughs> dude was in the mask, but I'm pretty sure it was Jay Crowder. But they were there. Um, Get your shit straight, bro. And so when, when one of the reporters caught up with Chris Paul and was interviewing him during the game and, you know, kind of asked him about buying the tickets and being there, mm -hmm. he said, I'm just trying to support in any way that I can. It's not about me. It's about these women and what they're doing, trying to see if they can do what we didn't. And I thought that was like really sweet. Oh, just to, I got yeah, either. just to be like, yo, it's not about me. I'm just trying to support them. Yes. You know? um, oh, that's sweet. And so basically, the Phoenix Suns and the Phoenix Mercury uh, collaborated to move up the game time of the Phoenix Suns game because it's a it's a preseason game. It's supposed to be on NBA TV, I think, is what I read. But it was gonna it was scheduled at the same time as the Phoenix Mercury game, right? And so the two teams got together and the Suns agreed to move up their time, which actually made it a less desirable time as yes. far as like people being able to get there uh, or on, watch it. Yeah. Or, on mm -hmm. a Wednesday afternoon. Right. But they did it to make it easier for 
the Phoenix Mercury to play on their home court and for people to show up and support and for it to be televised properly and everything. And I'm like, wow, that is such a great move. And it's literally unprecedented. That's why all the headlines say like this unprecedented doubleheader because that is something that never happens with NBA and WNBA teams. You don't see doubleheaders like that. Uh But not only did they make that move, but in that same interview, Chris Paul actually said that they were going to play the game, grab something to eat, and actually go back to watch the women in game four. And I'm like, I love this. Yes. Because... Here's my other thing. You know, we talk a lot about how young the WNBA is and how because it's a young sport, it's a young association, it's not reasonable to expect it to get the same amount of revenue as, you know, the NBA. But things like consideration, support, respect for these athletes, Mm -hmm. those things don't cost anything. They're not contingent upon viewership and attendance and merch sales. Those are things that anybody can do if you truly respect these these athletes, I just really respect that he's setting that tone. Because just yes. how we talked earlier about how, you know, people who follow Kyrie Irwin might think right. X, Y, Z. Right. There are people who follow Chris Paul that might change their mind yes. about how they feel about women yes. and women athletes and women's sports because yes. of the example he's setting. And yes. that, to me, is amazing. Not only has he done that, but even with things like him sharing commercial spots with, yes. with Sabrina... And things like that. It's just at every turn, he shows support. So not only with women's sports, but he's doing it with uh, HBCUs as well. Have Mm -hmm. you heard about the HBCU tip-off event that's coming up? No, tell us about it. (laughs) I mean, I have, but tell us about it. I'll try to lie, but... The way you said it it just sounded so... (laughs) It sounded scripted. That was funny. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so basically, Chris Paul has partnered with the Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame to plan a basketball series at Phoenix's Footprint Center between two historically black colleges and universities. And I think the last thing I read said that it's going to be aired on ESPN networks. It wasn't clear on which channel, but ESPN, Mm -hmm. like pretty much anything that they can't put on TV, they end up putting on ESPN3 somewhere. So Mm -hmm. um, it's going to be November 28th and 29th, aired on ESPN networks, and I don't know if if people realize how big a deal that is, but having coverage, especially from a major network, really can impact the reception of a sport. Right. And so for him to make that move and pull strings and use his connections to have this event at a huge arena and also have it aired on ESPN networks, that will do a lot for these schools. Like, it may not change things entirely, but it's it steps in the right direction. Right. And it's the same thing that you were saying right now. Like, just if you follow whoever it is and you see that that person that you admire and support and follow and, and you know, that they're doing these, like, major things for other athletes and, and other other sports quote-unquote like it might bring some interest in you to check it out too and to follow this other player that he follows or they follow you know and and i don't know i think that is really 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 fucking cool what he's doing exactly kudos to you cb3 kudos to you yeah, like because the same way that there are people who might not be paying attention to women's sports mm-hmm. who might pay more attention now because Chris Paul is behind exactly. it. Exactly. There are people who might not be paying attention to HBCUs and might pay more attention. Not only that, but um, his uh, docuseries, Why Not Us, is going to premiere on uh, October 14th. And in season two, it's going to feature FAMU. 
They just joined the SWAC. So he's doing a lot in terms of supporting um, historically black colleges Mm -hmm. and supporting women's sports, which definitely need support. Yes. And to those who think otherwise, I challenge you to take a look at the history of this country and really question (laughs) Uh why it just so happens that women's sports and sports of black colleges don't get as much coverage or as much commentary or mm-hmm. as much support or as many fans yes. as other sports. And that's, 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 as I've said this before, hashtag the American way. Yeah, I'm like, people try to act like, mm-hmm. oh, well, it's just because the athletes aren't as good or the sports are boring. Fuck you. I'm like, you going first to- of all. Ooh, do not. That's, that's, that's bullshit. That is. That's straight up bullshit, bro. That's bullshit. I, I feel like the only way that you would think that is if you legit don't watch these sports. Exactly. Especially with the way WNBA players are playing right now. Literally, the only thing that they don't do is dunk as often. You can't even say they don't do it anymore. Right, they just don't exactly. dunk as often. Mm-hmm. But but as far as everything else, ball movement is there. Aggressive defense, aggressive offense is yes. there. You got women draining shots from beyond the three-point line, yes. from way beyond the three-point line. Yes. All the stuff that people say that they like about the men's game outside of dunks, which is like the... I don't understand. Slam dunks are like the last frontier of the misogynistic sports. <laughs> it's like the only thing that they have to stand on now. Like they can't dunk. Oh my god. Uh, all right. So <laughs> they, they're shit. They're trash because they can't dunk. Which is not true. But okay. okay all right. Like, all right. Right. Okay. If that is your only reason that you don't watch WNBA, bruh, you're. You first just, of all, you're wrong. Like, you just don't like women. Like, that's it. That, yes. <laughs> yes. That's exactly. Oh. But same thing with H- HBCU football. It's like, you know, if. If these black players go to a predominantly white institution, or once they're in the NBA or in the NFL, they have fans. But as long as they're at that HBCU, they don't have as many fans. They don't have as much support. They don't get as many opportunities because they're at a historically black college. Yeah, you know, it's just the support of those institutions is different, and so that's why stuff like this is so important because. Even though we can't expect more revenue until they get more viewership and more coverage and more support from major networks, in order to get those things, it starts with things like respecting these athletes and Mm -hmm. valuing what they bring to the sport, even though they don't get coverage. And that's what Chris Paul is doing. That's what he's shining a spotlight on. And that's why I love him to death. And not only these two things, but he has a whole company that's dedicated to telling the stories of athletes Mm -hmm. from HBCUs of women athletes just the stories that you don't hear a lot right in in the sports world and I appreciate Mm -hmm. that so much like oh yes because there are people who have and probably will in the future use their position and their money to just do things that don't really matter that don't contribute to the sports (laughs) or they matter to themselves that's it yeah nobody else and not only is he still playing in his 17th season but he's (laughs) still finding ways to contribute in these ways I mean, dude, he's like a fucking superhero. He is. You know? He is. I have a lot of respect for that man. Really, tons of respect. Yes. Tons of respect. Yes, keep it up. You're doing great. I but love it. One one thing that I'm really kind of hoping for with this double header, <laughs> I'm hoping this lends itself to the conversation that we had before about like maybe one day we get to see some mixed gender basketball. Yes, yes. Not like men against women, but I would like to see teams of men and women against other teams of men and women. Co-ed teams playing and, each other, yes. And it's like there are some people who like 
because we played the clip on, on, on that one episode we did with Alex where the guy was like, well, we'd have to change the rules and all this and that. Uh-uh. And I'm like, <clears throat> don't think about the average man versus the average woman. Think about elite athletes. Yes. And yes. that's who we're talking about. We're not talking about taking me and putting me on a team with Brittany Griner, which right. makes zero sense. <laughs> we're talking about taking women who play their sport at an elite level right. against men who play their sport at an elite level. Exactly. level. Not against, but like with, you know? Exactly. But it's like, look at this information about Brittany Griner. <laughs> She's 6'9". <nine. laughs> First She's of all. Bad bitch. I'm sorry if you don't like the word, but you're a bad bitch. Anyway, so go ahead, my bad. Wingspan, seven foot, seven feet, 3.5 inches. That's longer than Giannis Antetokounmpo. Hand size, 9.5 inches. That's bigger than LeBron James. Bruh. Shoe size, men's size 17. That's the same as Joel Embiid. So when, when people are like, no, women shouldn't be playing with men, like... Look at those numbers. That'd be so and much try three times bigger. That's a beer feet size. This is almost three times bigger as my men's size. I wear a six, six and a half. <laughs> what, 17? Men's 17. Men's 17. Bruh. Yeah. Bruh. Lord. Because <laughs> both for feet. Oh, I have so man. much respect for her and how oh, well yes. she dresses now. Like, even more so now that I know that. But I honestly do think that there's enough support for that kind of thing. I think what it's actually going to come down to is the logistical part that thing that people don't think about. Because there are enough people to be like, yeah, have this exhibition game, put it on ESPN3. But what it really comes down to is the fact that, like, for the NBA, there's, like, league-wide insurance, and their insurance is different right. than the WNBA. So you have to, like, figure things out like that, where the revenue goes, the logistics of licensing and all that shit. But if fans can prove to the powers that be that it's worth it, I think it would happen. There's really no reason for it not to. I, I, I agree. Like, I agree. I I would love to see a basketball, a, a co-ed elite basketball game. Yeah. It would be I would so much it. fun to watch. Even, like, just once a year. But just give it a shot. Just try it one time. See how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> What I want to close out with is um, an excerpt from this article that was actually released in 2019 that I think really um, emphasizes why what work like what Chris Paul is doing is so necessary. Uh This article said, in its inception, the NBA struggled big to hold on to teams, fans, and players. Salaries were meager as were playing and travel conditions. In fact, like many WNBA players today, the first players of the NBA had to have second jobs. It wasn't until the 1970s, more than 20 years after the league began, did players, teams, and the NBA see a boom in popularity and money. The National Football League's history paints a similar picture. Though the first professional football game was played in the 1890s, the NFL got its start in 1920. The first several decades were plagued with financial woes, team and format changes, small salaries, war drafts, and competition from college football. It wasn't until the 1960s that television deals and a merger with the American Football League led to the juggernaut that is the NFL that we watch today. The millions of dollars that players in the NBA and NFL earned took time and labor fights. And then it goes on to say, my point is this, put the WNBA's current state of affairs in perspective. Give the WNBA the same decades we gave the NBA and the NFL to become successful, to overcome all of its current struggles of financing, viewership, and culture. Actually, we should probably give the WNBA more time to develop than we gave the NBA and the NFL. If we're being honest, 
the women of the WNBA are up against some things that neither the NBA nor the NFL had to deal with. From its inception, the women of the WNBA have had to press against sexism, misogyny, and homophobia. They have had the unfair burden of being compared to and held to the standard of the NBA, a league that existed and had been supported for more than 50 years before the first WNBA game was played. The WNBA was and continues to be forced to secure its players from a collegiate talent pool that lacks the support of the NCAA men's system. It's all about perspective. So the article goes on to say even more. And this is from a 2019 article on Forbes.com written by Cecilia Towns, who happens to be a contributor of color. Awesome. Good for you. Yeah. Nice. Thank you for doing that work. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that much needed perspective. So. Yes. In whatever way you're able to, follow in the steps of Chris Paul. We can't all go and buy 500 tickets to a WNBA (laughs) game. But if you can buy two. But let me put it this way. Over the weekend, I was actually in training to get my pole certification. I'm a certified pole instructor. Hey! Get a bitch! So on Sunday, I wasn't actually able to watch the games in real time. And when I was thinking about how I was going to watch the replays, I told myself, I was like, I better watch the NFL games first because otherwise they're going to get spoiled for me. Mm -hmm. And before I could even try to watch the replays, I turned off the notifications for all my apps. But if you have an Android and you have like Gmail or some other shit set up on your phone, Google will just send you links like, hey, you're interested in this shit. We're just going to put it in your notifications. Uh So I was already getting notifications about how the Cowboys were doing and how the Saints were doing and the updates on the Tampa Bay score and all this shit before I even had time to get home and watch the NFL games. The WNBA (laughs) games, I didn't watch those till late Monday night. And I didn't know the score. I didn't know who won. The only thing that I knew was that Petty apparently hit some amazing shot. And that's because <laughs> Sophie Cunningham was making fun of her celebration <laughs> dance on Twitter. But I still didn't you know the score. Text, it was so funny. <laughs> <laughs> but I still didn't know the score or anything because it wasn't being shoved in my face. So that's right. just one example uh-huh. of the disparity in coverage and the disparity in acknowledgement. You know, right. these women right. are in the playoffs. Right. You know, exactly. so it's like, not only are they elite athletes, but now we're dealing with the best teams of the yeah. sport. And it's still like, yeah. can eh, you imagine just don't feel like, like, interesting. like the Suns getting kicked out of their home arena because of Disney on it? That's what I'm saying. Like, they would never do that. <laughs> right, exactly. Or like the Cowboys can play or whatever. You know, like it, it, it would literally never happen. They wouldn't even schedule anything during the playoff time just in case they make it. Like they wouldn't, they would never do this to a a male dominant sport, you know, play play by male. It wouldn't happen. It wouldn't happen. And so Chris Paul, again, thank you. Yeah. So even if you can't buy 500 tickets to a WNBA game, if you support a WNBA team or a player, Tweet about them. Yes. Talk about them. Or Watch even the like game. me. I like before this season, I liked the idea of the WNBA and I wanted them to do well, but I wasn't even as much of a supporter. And it hasn't been easy. Like 
during the season, I had to do a lot of homework just to find out which games were covered where because sometimes their games were televised, sometimes they were on Amazon Prime, mm-hmm. sometimes they were on Facebook, sometimes <laughs> they were on Twitter, sometimes they were on CBS. It was it was so weird, and it's like it wasn't like I saw a lot of commercials. Like here's where to watch the game. Like I had to go and Google this shit and create calendar reminders because I was like, well, since I'm not seeing it on TV all fucking day, I, I know I'm gonna forget. But. I was consistent and I was able to develop a passion, but right. it's like my interest was already in the right place. So it's like, if you're a person who's, who wants to support women's sports, but you've just found it hard, you don't hear about it enough. Just, just give it a shot. Yes. Start with one player, one team, yes. follow them, tweet yes. about them, yes. invite a friend to come watch a game and just yes. go from there. Same thing with HBCUs. A lot of people even fall in love with HBCUs because of the marching bands. Oh. I'm, I'm, I even support that. Even if you don't watch football, but you just want to go have a good time, listen to some bands, shit, go do it. Like, <laughs> So when I texted you, so I have a Spaniard friend here in Austin too, and she went to a UT game and she was texting me about the, like, the halftime show and the band because we have a very similar thing in Spain and you know like they just go on the street like sort of Mm -hmm. like Mardi Gras um they have second lines in Spain like that kind of thing oh yeah like they go on the street with all the band like and everybody follows through and dance around yeah that's very common every home this one day interesting yes so when she saw that she was like oh my god I love this and I'm like oh well hold up because if you watch an (laughs) HBCU one you're gonna fucking lose your shit I sent bitch one like five yes (laughs) because I'm like I'm told my friend i'm like hold up a second i'm gonna hit a bitch bitch to you real quick and i'm gonna send you the best that 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 i can send you yeah i was like okay subscribe to this channel subscribe to yes. this channel subscribe to this channel watch this video yes yeah i love it yes so she replied to like the first video she was like i haven't even watched the whole thing and i'm already <laughs> like where are we going when do, when are these people playing we need to go to one of these games i just want to see the halftime show whatever but like just the enthusiasm of like just if you can just follow that and just watch part of it like that little bit of support means a fuck ton exactly there are so many platforms that now fanhood viewership is global now yeah so if a spaniard can be a fan of an hbcu marketing <laughs> You can be a fan of a WNBA team. You can support an HBCU football team. You know what I mean? Yes. So, so on that note, <laughs> we're already starting to have technical issues again. Yes. I, I feel like the been. universe is trying to sabotage our podcast. Oh my God. <laughs> Every week now, we're just dealing with. <laughs> Please subscribe so we can make <laughs> So we don't have technical difficulties anymore. Please hit that button. It's not that much. It means a lot to us. And and even though, yeah, it's a lot of fun, but it's we do this. We yes. have a mission for this. Go so. to bitcheslovesports.com. Hit yes. subscribe. Yes. Four ninety nine a month. Yes. You get all our exclusive shit. Everything. And exclusive shit to come. Yes. And you put us in a position to provide better content. So. Yes. Just hold up. There's a lot to come. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot to come. All right. On that note, you got anything else? Um, 
now just thank you chris paul <laughs> once again thank uh, you chris paul yes thank you chris paul uh, zeke i love you very much <laughs> cd don't worry you're gonna get your time too uh and cd i love you very much yeah <laughs> trayvon keep killing it bro you're doing fucking phenomenal for real for real micah you got you you're doing great too. You're you're killing it also. Everybody, really. And to all the WNBA teams that are playing tonight, because there's a game literally going on right, right now. now. Yeah, the, yes. <laughs> Good luck. And regardless of who wins and who loses, just thank you for doing what you're doing and yes. being some of the people at the forefront of this sport and being part of this sport at a time when it's on an upward trajectory. Viewership yes. is up, merch sales are up, yes. and y'all are all a part of that. So regardless yes. of who we want to win, we just appreciate you for doing this for women athletes who are gonna follow you and yes. making sure the conditions are better for them. Yes. Love all of you guys. Yes. Love you. Much love from us. On that note, have a good night. Bye. Bye. Bye.